Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. It is seven minutes after 3 o'clock at 610 WTVN. John Corby with Joe Bradley, and it is the big Wednesday hump day radio program. Well, they've uh, moved the uh, start of the uh, World Series tonight up a few minutes because of the prospect of rain. Got other World Series news as well. The uh, lawyers for Bill Cosby say that he's uh, too blind to defend himself. Now, we've got a uh, another casino winner. Said she won $43 million, and the uh, casino says, ah, it was a malfunction, which I don't think should be allowed at all. I think if you win, it's a malfunction, that's on them, but that's just me. And uh, first things first, our half-off hump day deal today, it's bar 145 on uh, Fifth Avenue here in the Grandview area, and Mike Earls, the general manager, joining us. Uh, Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. How we doing? Uh, doing great. And I've uh, wh- why the one forty five? What does that mean? Uh, bar one forty five is a uh, gastropub concept. Um, the one forty five stands for a perfectly cooked uh, medium rare burger. Oh, okay. I got you. And uh, you that's one of the burgers you can get is the one forty five. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you uh, we do. Uh, any temp, if you would like a well, we can do any of those as well. But the uh, concept of the 145 comes from that perfectly cooked uh, temperature. Okay, that's perfect. And uh, uh, you've got a, uh, you said 21st Century Gastro Pub, but you're specializing in uh, burgers, bands, and bourbon. So you're going to have entertainment too, right? Absolutely. We, uh, we've got entertainment every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, okay. We do acoustic shows Wednesday nights, uh, which we also do a five dollar stack your own burger and a five dollar martini on wednesdays as well uh, we run that acoustic show from six thirty to nine thirty, and uh, fridays and saturday nights uh, we also run live bands from uh, 10 p.m uh, until close okay and well, the five dollar stack your own burger that's a pretty cool yeah, deal that's, I, mean, that's I like deal. i like the idea of that because you get the you know you get the actual order form in your hand and you get to fill out exactly what you want on your burger and then you get it made for you exactly Exactly. You can get uh, any types of cheeses. We've got plenty of toppings. We've got over 2,000 uh, combinations of burgers that you can make. Oh, jeez. Even if you want duck confit on your burger, you can get it. That's right. If Which that's what you want, it's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, it is awesome. And uh, also a great place to – you've got TVs all over the place, right, including on we the patio? We've got, we've got over 20 uh, HD TVs. We've got a big screen projector that we're able to show uh, games on. You can see that throughout the entire venue. Uh, we, you know, we put on the game sound for any type of big events. Um, we do uh, actually a pig roast on OSU away games. Oh. Um, so you can come in. We've got a, you know, fresh uh, smoked pig out here for you. You can get a nice plate, a couple sides, some corn on the cob, and enjoy the game. Oh, that's a great deal. Right now, you can go to 610WTVN.com. Uh, half off hump day deal, bar 145, and the deal is. You get $30 uh, for only 15 at 610WTVN.com. The uh, keyword 
is hump. And uh, you also have a private mezzanine that, um, you know, if you want to get a bunch of people together and have a private party or watch a game, you can do that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do a ton of events up there. You know, if you have birthday parties, corporate events, uh, retirement parties, anything, um, all you have to do is send uh, an email to Columbus at bar145.com, and then uh, we'll uh, set up the date, and we'll get it set up for you. All right. Uh, listen, uh, Michael, sounds like a great place, and uh, Bar 145, uh, good luck to you. And uh, you got anything going? What do you got going uh, Friday night, for example? Uh, well, this Friday night, uh, we have the fabulous Johnson Brothers. Uh, that's a you know really big band around here in Columbus. Okay. Um, and then actually uh, this Saturday as well. Uh, with the OSU-Nebraska game. Uh, we have tons of great specials. The game's on at 8 p.m. We're going to have a DJ kind of playing uh, during the game, you know, playing some pump-up music. Sure. Just the overall party for the event. All right, sounds great. Mike, uh, thanks so much for being a part of this, and uh, look forward to stopping by and seeing you. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate having me. All hey, right. Mike. Mike Earls, uh, general manager. Bar 145, and um, that uh, sounds like a great place right there on now. Uh, West Fifth Avenue, and uh, there's a chance of rain in the late innings for World Series Game Seven at Cleveland's Progressive Field uh, tonight. So, uh, and unseasonably warm temperatures uh, in the upper 60s or low 70s forecast. Uh, the chance of rain increases from 19 percent at 8 o'clock to 49 to 55 percent at 11 o'clock, according to AccuWeather. So, what they've done is they've um, Move the start time up, uh, but only a few minutes. Uh, they're going to start it right at 8 o'clock now instead of, you know, after 8, which is uh, what they've been doing. Uh, last week, the start of Game 2 was moved up an hour to 7.08. Uh, light rain started in the 8th inning. Heavy rain hit shortly after the final out at 11.15. So uh, they're doing that in order to uh, try to get it in before uh, before any heavy rain hits. And, of course, last night it was uh, Cubs over the uh, Tribe, 9-3. to And Addison Russell hit a grand slam, tied the World Series record with six RBIs. Chicago took advantage of a huge early misplay in the outfield. And if you saw that, I mean, the guys just uh, the lack of communication. They look like the Bad News Bears is what they look like. Yeah, the ball dropped right between them. And uh, helped uh, him get a 3 nothing lead in the uh, first inning. And uh, Russell hit his uh, grand slam in the series. Uh, first one in 11 years. Jake Arrieta worked into the sixth as the Cubs uh, came to progressive field. Won one win from elimination. And they're now one victory from their first uh, championship since 1908. And we were talking about this today. And... Uh, I mean, no matter who wins this, it's going to be historic uh, because neither of them has won a world's – well, it's been 108 years for the Cubs and, uh, you know, 70 years for the – 71 years for the uh, for the Indians. But, uh, yeah, so they they moved that up a little bit. And uh, Bill Murray, you know, huge Cubs fan, and uh, he gave another Cubs fan the thrill of a lifetime – after he gave a woman an extra ticket to uh, Game 6 of the World Series last night. Uh, Evanston, Illinois native Karen 
Uh, Mickle says she uh, went to Progressive Field box office before Game Six in hopes of getting lucky and buying a ticket to the game. And really, uh, yeah, she really thought there'd she, be a ticket. There. I don't know how, but well, she did. I mean, I guess it worked out for her. But after she found out the game was sold out, she walked away, but noticed Murray walking by and followed him out of curiosity. Stalker. He, yeah, he turns around and says, uh, "Here, here's a ticket." She said to MLB.com. And he kind of shuttled me into the door. I thought it was uh, just a ticket to get in, but it was a ticket to sit right here. I've watched five games at home, and they're showing Eddie Vedder and Chelios, whatever. And I'm like, I wonder if I'll see any of those people. Of course, now I'm here, and I see all kinds of people. And uh, Vetter and Chelios just happened to be sitting a couple of rows in front of Murray and Mickle. Uh, so he, he gave her a ticket right next to him. Uh, NBC meteorologist Al Roker uh, can be seen in a picture posted by MLB.com seated behind the pair. So she said her and Murray talking about growing up as Cubs fans during the game. I asked when you went to uh, the Cubs game, who did you go with? And he said his brother and his father. I have all sisters and me and my dad would go to baseball games we talked about stuff like that and of course uh, game seven is tonight uh, both teams looking to um, break um, decades long um, strings of not having won a world championship that that's pretty cool though and you know she sat right next to uh, right next to Bill Murray uh, at the uh, at the game and uh, also kind of big news we've got uh, Charlie Sheen. It appears Ricky Vaughn will be on uh, the World Series roster after all. Charlie Sheen indicated in a tweet overflowing with Major League references that he's headed to Cleveland ahead of uh, tonight's World Series Game 7 at Progressive Field. And uh, he tweeted, Fear not, believe land. My bag is packed and help is on the way. Hashtag get me Vaughn. Uh, which, of course, was the uh, manager's line in the movie. Uh, Sheen tweeted uh, roughly 12 hours after mocking the Indians on social media for falling in a 7-1 hole in Game 6 with the implication that it was some sort of karma for snubbing him. (laughs) Uh, The hard-throwing ex-con relievers uh, from the movie, Vaughn, is one of the actor's most well-known roles. Uh, There was a groundswell of support once Cleveland reached the World Series for Sheen to throw out the ceremonial first pitch in character. The team in Major League Baseball nixed the idea, but perhaps the Indians are pulling out all the stops now that it's do or die against the Cubs. And even if uh, Sheen uh, doesn't get to throw out the first pitch before the final game of the MLB season, you can bet the Indians will find a way to Work him into the scene at some point. And uh, the Cubs have summoned their closer in the seventh. Each of the last two games wants to stop the Indians from, I guess, doing the same. But that'll be cool. And uh, apparently he's going to he's gonna have his glasses. And uh, there was a picture in the paper today of um, one of the fans at the game last night that was uh, wearing those uh, glasses like Vaughn had in the movie with the skull and uh, crossbones on the uh, on the front and uh, they were uh, modeling those and taking uh, uh, taking pictures with it uh, before the game and of course the uh, college football uh, playoff rankings have been released and I mean this is way premature uh, because it 
they they were looking at uh, you know last years, and only one of the teams in the top four last year ended up making making the field. But uh, I think uh, Washington kind of got hosed. Washington in the uh, Pac uh, Pac twelve, of course, they uh, are undefeated, and they uh, moved Texas A and M with one loss into the fourth spot and uh, uh, indicates uh, there's no way around it. It's uh, flat out bad. The Aggies have just one win over a ranked opponent, which was number nine Auburn, got blown out by number one Alabama. Their big non-conference win came against three and five UCLA, which uh, shouldn't be seen as anything special. Uh, Texas A&M has uh, three wins over really very bad football teams in Prairie View A&M, New Mexico State, and South Carolina, which leaves Tennessee and Arkansas as the team's two other victories. And uh, Tennessee's fallen off a cliff and just lost to South Carolina, not to mention the fact the Balls had a, a great luck early on, and Arkansas has uh, one win in SEC play and has proven to be nothing uh, great either. So, but we're but most people don't think this one really means anything because no. it's too early. It's too early, so to, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of no. like the preseason polls. Yeah, I mean, so it, no point in paying attention to preseason poll because yeah. it doesn't mean anything. And if this one doesn't mean anything, it won't matter at the end of the year anyway. Well, you got to figure if Washington runs the table uh, in the Pac-12, they'll be in. And the same with Ohio State. Uh, Washington's five. Ohio State is six. And uh, there's some other Big Ten teams. Wisconsin is uh, is number eight. Nebraska, number 10. Penn State, believe it or not, is number 12. And uh, I think that's it for the Big Ten. But, uh, yeah, so. But don't uh, worry about it because it doesn't matter. Well, Washington is uh, really the, the Pac-12's only hope. And the Big 12's in a lot of trouble. I mean, they've got uh, really nothing, nobody even in striking distance at this point and uh essentially what the committee's saying is they don't believe uh louisville uh louisville's in trouble on uh, tuesday's bubble watch uh, they mentioned you shouldn't be surprised if louisville tumbles in the rankings they're at number seven and the reason that's uh, such a big deal is that there are no high quality opponents left on louisville's schedule uh boston college wake forest houston and uh, kentucky are its remaining four games and Houston's had a couple of losses this year so there's really not much opportunity for the Cardinal to uh, to move up but uh, yeah the first one's out and uh, Ohio State's right where they uh, right where they need to be and uh, striking distance so I mean if they win out uh, they'll go I don't think there's any questions 320 and uh, Bill Cosby his lawyer says too blind to defend himself in court they're down to that now We'll get to that next. News Radio 610 WTVN. Now, one other quick World Series story. Had a kid from Butler, a Butler University freshman, actually snuck into uh, Game 5 of the World Series in Chicago. Uh, According to Now That's College, uh, Luke Zapolska uh, arrived at Wrigley Field with uh, fake media credentials and was able to make it past security due to some ineptitude on their part and uh, here's what happened in his words uh well i was walking outside the stadium i went uh, up to a gate and some guy asked me are you with montero security i said yes he asked uh, why i was dressed in a suit and i said that i was told it was business casual he then asked me who my manager was and after i didn't say anything he said is it brandon 
I said, yeah, that's him. And he took me to Brandon, who was some Jamaican dude who led me inside the stadium. And when he asked why he's never seen me, uh, I told him it was my first day. He then said I had to fill out some tax information. So for about 30 minutes, I had to, uh, you know, fill out uh, some direct deposit and tax sheets. I was then given a jacket. I was given my uh, post at the player's entrance. I was being goofy the entire time and was making the uh, players and media who came through laugh, so they kept commenting on how I was doing such a great job. Uh, what got me in trouble is I kept taking pictures with players and manager. a manager saw me. I had no idea who the managers were. Then all the bosses came up to me and kept asking how I got employed and everything, and I must have lied well enough for them to believe me because they told me to go back to work. But I guess another person must have complained about pictures because they said I got another complaint about pictures and I uh, had to send me home for the day. And they started to escort me out, but I made a last hour uh, attempt to uh, stay by asking to go to the bathroom where I waited in a stall for over an hour <laughs> trying to wait them out. Eventually, four different security people came in, nearly broke down the door trying to get me. At that point, I came out. I was searched for over 15 minutes in the bathroom, and uh, security made him delete all his uh, pictures, and he wasn't able to watch any of the game. But he did get in. Uh, I'll give him credit for that. He did get in. Uh, 329, we'll get to Kaz. Coming up, News Radio 610 WTVN. Bill Cosby's blindness will impede his ability to receive a fair trial and should lead to dismissal of the sexual assault charges against him. His lawyers argued in court today he is physically impaired. He cannot see the attorney, Angela Agrusa, said as Cosby sat nearby with a walking stick at his side, we uh, can't test his memory because he can't see. She noted. The, what? Uh, yeah. Since when did being blind keep you from hearing and remembering? Well, that's kind of what the judge had to say about uh, yeah. this. She said that's uh, kind of a stretch. And uh, Aragusa said uh, what is gone because of it, uh, you know, talking about his memory and and he won't be able to, to help defend himself and uh, – um, the, uh, the judge said, uh, you're saying because he doesn't have sight, he doesn't have memory. That's a big leap. Uh, the judge O'Neill said, and it remains, uh, a question whether Cosby is in fact near blind as the defense maintained. The uh, prosecution said Wednesday, it does not accept that contention. So they say he's faking it. And, um, he has on other days, Cosby as he has on other days, Cosby walked uh, to the court holding the arm of an assistant uh, who often sat behind him during the hearings. And so they're, yeah, they're saying he's um, he's blind, which uh, I would believe to be a uh, pretty much of a stretch. And we have a couple gambling stories for you. Uh, one good, one bad. A former nail salon owner and a failed professional baccarat player, Keen Wynn, uh, won the World Series of Poker main event early this morning in Vegas. Claims a top prize of $8,005,310 and a gold bracelet after a nine-hour heads-up session that was the longest in tournament history. He, gold, uh, and the gold bracelet. And That's the, the gold bracelet. gold bracelet. Yes. And have the gold bracelet. The uh, $8 million doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Uh, wearing a raccoon baseball cap throughout the final table. The 39-year-old eliminated a San Francisco poker pro 
Gordon Veo on the 364th hand of the final table, almost 200 hands with just the two of them at the felt with the first prize money splayed between them in giant bricks of $100 bills. And the native of Vietnam emerged from the field of 6,737 in the $10,000 No Limit Hold'em main event. And the final and most prestigious of the series of 69 World Series of Poker Tournaments. Down to his last opponent and holding a more than 5-1 to one chip advantage. Win uh, was dealt a king and a ten of clubs. Uh, Veo got a jack and the ten of spades. The uh, first three community cards came out, and among them was a king mm-hmm. to give Win a pair. And uh, two blanks followed, and uh, Win was the winner, one with uh, two kings. And uh, he, uh, Veo, I mean, he didn't go away empty-handed. He finished second. He still uh, won $4,661,228. And I... I I can't believe I'm saying it. I kind of enjoy watching them play because uh, you you know you know what they've got, and you can see all the cards on the table, and you can see if they're bluffing, how they're playing, and all that stuff. And uh, so he uh, he won it and uh, start off with uh, you know 6,700 players, and it was down to two, and then to one, and then I think this. This whole thing of the machine malfunctioning. Not again. Yeah. And that's, it's bull. They ought to have to, I mean, okay, it's their machine. It uh, showed this woman, and how excited would you be? She played slots, said she won nearly $43 million in August. Sweet. And was told she would not receive her winnings because the machine malfunctioned. How can that be? I don't know. So are they basically saying, well, the machine malfunctioned. And the way we know that is that there was not supposed to be a winner today because we control that. Yeah, I guess. So basically they're saying there's no, you're, we're cheating against you. Yeah. Because there's, we know that today being Wednesday, there's not supposed to be a winner Wednesday. No. So you can go put your money in all you want, but we know nobody's going to win. And if you win, well, that's a mistake. Yeah. I think well, that's how just, can that be right? That's just wrong. She took a, uh, Katrina Bookman took a celebratory selfie in front of a screen displaying a win of $42,949,672 and was subsequently escorted from the floor, told to return to New York City's Resorts World Casino the next day for a decision. A decision? Yeah. How about a check? Well, when she came back, she was told the machine had a glitch and she hadn't won anything. And instead of offering her the maximum amount that is supposed to be allowed on the machines, which is $6,500, the casino offered her a steak dinner. The State Gaming Commission told an ABC affiliate it would be illegal to offer her the $6,500 Noting that malfunctions void all pays and plays. That is so. Why is it? So it's rigged every time. Every single. Well, I mean, they set those things. They know they're going to win, and they can adjust how much the house is going to win, right? And guarantee it. It's still supposed to be random. I would hope, but it's apparently not. <laughs> it's not. Otherwise, they need to start posting the day that it could be eligible to win. Right. Right. 
That's the only way you have a chance. Bookman said the money would have meant a lot to her family. She was, well, yeah, $43 million, a yeah. lot. She was raised in foster care herself, experienced homelessness as a teenager before raising four kids of her own. She planned to use the millions to buy her son a barber shop and help out her community. But uh, I yeah, guess she came and buy him a haircut. All she got was a lousy steak dinner. Yeah. And I don't even know if she ate that or not. I'd have I, thrown in. I'd have just thrown it in the casino. Yeah, at least made them clean it up. Well, you know, I, I just I think that's crooked. I mean, that to me is crooked. Well, you can't stand up and go, "Hey, I just lost ten thousand dollars in this machine. It must be malfunctioning. I right. need my money back." Right. That doesn't work that way. Never heard of anybody getting their money back on a malfunction. No. When they lose. Nope. Not at all. It's garbage. Uh, pretty. Uh, pretty amazing. Well, I mean, you know it's rigged against you. You know the odds are against you. Well, yeah. And I understand. I'll take the odds being against me okay. as long as it's not fixed. Right. The uh, I know the odds are against me. I can live with that. But in this case, the odds are against her and she wins, and then they say, oh, no, nah, we're not paying. No. And that's, exa- that's exactly what they did. They said, we're not uh we're not. Well, uh, what are you paying- going to do? Well, I mean, I, she doesn't have the money to hire a bunch of attorneys to fight the gaming commission. Yeah. If she did, she wouldn't be playing slots at a casino. Right. Right. So, And she doesn't have the money. It's not like they have to try to get it back from her. They, no. She never got it. Yep. I uh, didn't get any of it. Uh, well, apparently enjoying, uh, you know, we've, we've heard about... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. NFL ratings. Television ratings being down. But it's also um, hurting restaurants that uh, sell pizza and wings. Because uh, they're not making as much money because the ratings for the NFL have dropped precipitously this season. According to the Washington Post, uh, the Post said the league, which airs four games a week, has experienced an almost 24% drop in viewership this season. And uh, while that isn't particularly good news for the NFL players and owners, it's also having an adverse effect on the food industry. The poor ratings this year are now hurting pizza and wing chains throughout the country. Buffalo Wild Wings has seen a drop of 1.6% in sales compared to this time last year. NFL viewing reportedly count for about 10% of the chain's business uh, in the fall, and so that's off. Uh, Papa John's is the NFL's official pizza sponsor, but it's also uh, reporting weak sales numbers compared to the previous quarter. Uh, Analysts for Maxim Group, an investment firm based in New York, said... uh, that any decline in NFL viewership, if sustained, is likely to have a pronounced effect, negative effect, on traffic. And before you dismiss the connection between sales and poor ratings, take into consideration what's already occurred. Simple and relatively minor changes in NFL viewership have uh, had a ripple effect on sports bar chains in the past, but Buffalo Wild Wings claim that Unusual season scheduling last year shortened them one week of football that usually falls in the third quarter, and they claim to cause sales to fall by a full percentage point. And uh, Wingstop said it experienced the same issue due to the unusual uh, schedule. So uh, it's a 
NFL ratings are hurting the wing joints and sports bars. Steve, what's up? Oh, nothing. I just wanted to comment real quickly on that disgusting slot machine story that yes. you guys just shared. Obviously, we know that people still go play the machines every single day. Even if you tell them that they're rigged, they still go play them because they're that fun and people get addicted to them and hooked on them. Sure. I just wonder how much time, money, and manpower it would cost the casino if every single person that was going to play a slot made yeah. someone come out on the floor and validate that it was functioning properly before they put $1 in it. Hmm. Probably You're co- talking about a massive amount of time. Oh, yeah, and, a ton. And, and then you've come out and validated it. So if it hits, sorry, man, I'm looking for my check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might make them cut out that crap about you win a big jackpot and the machine malfunction, wouldn't it? you got to hit them where it hurts. Well, that certainly is where it hurts. But, uh, you know, on that machine, uh, I guess the maximum payoff was $6,500. Well, uh, whatever. Yeah, so give her the 6500 then. Yeah. Which yeah. is still a punch in the eye, but well, man. The gaming Commission said that's illegal at, uh, when you have a malfunction. See, I don't think there, should be, there shouldn't be any malfunctions. That should be on them, totally. It's uh, 347, and uh, Bleach Bit is selling uh, a cloth or something uh, in honor of uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. It's kind of funny. We'll get to that next. News Radio 610 WTV. Well, the data-deleting software known as Bleach Bit, made famous by the Clinton team. It's used to scrub emails from the former Secretary of State's private email server is making the most of its time in the spotlight and is now selling special cloths featuring the Democratic nominee herself. The item is called the Cloth or Something, a reference uh, to an August 18, 2015 response Clinton gave when asked by Fox News, uh, Ed Henry, if she'd wiped her private email server. <laughs> what an idiot answer. Oh, that was bad. What do you mean, like with a, with a cloth or something? Yep, that's what she said. <laughs> and she made a scrubbing motion with her hand when she did that. Wow. I mean, is she either that really far removed from reality or just... Really thought she'd get away with that. I think she thought she'd get away with it. Wow. Well, that so far has. Well, the cloth turned out to be BleachBit, a powerful software tool that includes the ability to shred files to hide their contents and prevent data recovery, according to BleachBit's website. Representative Trey Gowdy, a Republican of South Carolina, who revealed the Clinton team's use of the software in August this year, said it deleted files so completely that even God can't read them. A, quote, bleach bit uh, now proudly uses as an endorsement. Uh, Now the company's making the most of its high profile in uh, the media and presidential race. They're actually selling cloths with uh, Clinton's face on them and the now famous quote. And uh, they're selling these things. Uh, After you've smashed your BlackBerry, don't forget to wipe the fingerprints from your email server with this non-abrasive soft microfiber cloth or something. The site says, don't wait for a subpoena. Order now. And um, BleachBit founder, uh, Andrew Zim, uh, who offers uh, customers the option to have him sign the cloths, told foxnews.com via email today that he uh, has been staggered by the demand, which is causing him some concerns as he doesn't want to disappoint people. 
Sales have come in waves. There was a boost uh, after the second presidential debate and bigger after FDI Director James Comey reopened the investigation. And a few days ago, I just reordered the cloths from a printer and was mostly keeping up with signing them. But yesterday, sales went through the roof. I panicked as I saw they were selling out so fast because I do not like back orders. And I don't know how I'm going to uh, going to sign them all. And they're available for $3 each uh, and uh, 5 bucks with his autograph on them. And they're currently back ordered until November 14th. And he said the idea started off as a bit of a joke, but he eventually got around to making a design, actually ordering them. However, the demand has been so high that it's uh, getting in the way of his main job, creating Bleach Bit itself. The cloth or something project has been fun, but it's also been a distraction from the software development needed to get out the next release of the Bleach Bit software application. And he... uh, isn't the first to capitalize on Clinton's uh, email woes with a cheeky product during his presidential primary campaign. Uh, Rand Paul uh, offered supporters the opportunity to buy uh, Hillary's hard drive for $100 and promised it was perfectly clean. So, yeah, everybody's trying to make a buck. And uh, it sounds like uh, Bleach Bit is uh, doing it with these microfiber cloths. Uh, coming up, it's... Uh, what the Big Ten has planned for next year, and it's a little troubling. And it should really be troubling for uh, high school football coaches. I know Earl was really fired up about it when we talked to him today. He was in. And he, of course, former high school football coach here in Ohio. Uh, we'll talk about that next. News Radio 610 WTVN. It is seven minutes after 4 o'clock at 610 WTVN. John Corby with... Joe Bradley, and it is the big Wednesday Hump Day show. And our half-off Hump Day deal today is Bar 145 on West 5th Avenue. Um, $15 will get you 30 Right now at 610WTVN.com, the keyword is Hump. And they've got uh, 20 HD TVs, even have a full patio with TVs. So if you want to watch, uh, they're having a, of course, a event Friday or Saturday night for Ohio State in Nebraska. And uh, it's a little troubling um, in regard to high school football. You know, Friday night has always been high school football night. And, you know, it's it's big in this state and other states and uh they draw good crowds of people, and uh, the Big Ten's got, as you heard Matt mention in the news, and we'll talk more to him about that uh, coming up, the, uh, they have a new television agreement, uh, the Big Ten does, with uh, ESPN, ABC, and Fox, that will include a package of six primetime Friday night games starting in 2017. Commissioner Jim uh, Delaney told the uh, Chicago Tribune today. The selected games will be revealed later this week. Delaney said, all things considered, we thought it was worthwhile to dip our toe in the water. And, uh, you know, with the exception of Labor Day weekend, the league has turned down Friday night games, citing a conflict with high school football, which it would be and will be, and concerns about impacting class time and campus logistics. He uh, 
said the league is reluctant to ask schools with giant seating capacities to host Friday night games. So uh, I guess don't expect many games to be played at Ohio State or Penn State. Uh, All of the dispatch reports, the Buckeyes have agreed to play a home Friday night game no more than once every three years. But what that doesn't say is they are they going to play an away Friday night uh, game the other two years? We don't know. Um, I'll give Michigan credit. Uh, they flat out said, no, we're not playing our games on Friday night, either home or on the road. And uh, Delaney said he believes the school simply prefers Saturday games for consistency of presentation. Well, and there's a lot to be said for that. Um, you know, Friday nights for high school football and Saturdays for, even though, you know, we've got Mac games on practically every day of the week, but I understand why they do that. Um, and uh, Delaney said there will be three conference games and three non-league games in September and October that will be a part of the Friday night package. So um, when Delaney became commissioner in uh, 1989, he said the league had 16 televised football games. Now they have 95, and he said the result is that Saturday TV windows become cannibalized. So they're bucking their own tradition to create a new TV window on a somewhat limited scale. And you know it's limited now, but, um, you know, if there's money in it, it won't be. It won't be down the road. I mean, what do you think about that? I think I think the Big Ten and, well, maybe college football. I mean, they're, they're kind of going the way of the NFL where it was Sunday and then, you know, we know the ratings are down this year. Then you got Monday night football, and that was a big deal, uh, Monday night football. But that was a big deal back before the days of, you know, the all sports channels and, and things of that nature, and you wanted to see the halftime highlights. And uh, now they have a Thursday night package and a Sunday night package and a Monday night package and, uh, you know, Sunday. Um, and I, I think the Big Ten may be going in the same direction. Trying to get football every night of the week. Well, hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But and we've uh, almost got it now. Do you want that? See, I don't. I, I you know, keep it, keep it special. I, th- I think that's a part of what uh, the problem is with the, uh, the NFL. I mean, they can say all they want about the protests and the flags and things, but I just think it's, it's getting overexposed. You, you know, you get Thursday night. Well, yeah, I mean, there's football. You got th- college and pro on Thursday night. Sure. So. So college has already left just the confinements of Saturdays only. Yeah. But, know, so uh, that's already happened. Now they're just going to move it to Friday. And they're going to move it to Friday. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I'd like to hear if I'm off base or not because I think it's it's not good for high school football. And I personally don't think it's that good for college football, uh, period. Uh, just too many games. And, you know, you can, you've only got so much time to sit around and watch television or go to a game. And imagine a Friday night game uh, in Columbus and all of the ramifications of that for Buckeye fans. 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN. 
Talk about routines blown up. We've got traffic and weather every 10 minutes on the 10s, powered by Tempstar heating and cooling products. Boy. Whoa, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. Yeah, Friday night games. I mean, you know, say you're a uh, um, Buckeye fan, you have tickets to the game, and you're also a fan of your uh, your local high school. Um, how are you going to balance that out? And you're probably not. Uh, you're going to go to the Ohio State game, or even on even on television. I mean, you you know, if you're a big uh, Buckeye fan, you're not going to want to miss watching the game. But uh, you know, if you do that, and you skip the high school game. Tom, hi. Hey, John. How's it going? Good, man. Hey, I'm. Uh, I'm. Never thought I'd say this, but kudos to Michigan. I believe in the tradition of Friday nights for high school, and uh, I think Ohio State is selling out for the money. You know, uh, kind of disappointed, just like the uh, throwback jerseys. You know, Ohio State has always been, you know, a little uh, step above. Yeah, tradition was important, and they just more and more keep throwing tradition out the window. So, uh, you know, I disagree with it. That's all I got. Thank no, you. All right, and I. I do too. I think Saturdays are for college football, and uh, you know, wonder what the impact is going to be on uh, high school. They're going to have six Big Ten games uh, a year, uh, three in conference, three out of conference, and they're going to be on Friday nights. And Ohio State said they would only host one every three years. Well, they said no more than one every three. Yeah, years. no so more than they one. may not even do one every three years. Well, you know they. They indicate that they hesitate to ask. They don't even want to do them at Ohio State or big stadiums with venues that size, just because of logistics. So let's say it's one every four years. You're talking about one game, one Friday night every four years. Well, for them to host one, right? But that doesn't mean they wouldn't go on the road for one necessarily. I don't really say. Uh, Tony, hi. Hey, Corp. Hey, Tony. Hey, I'm a traditionalist also. I, I think Friday night should be lined up for high school football. Saturday's college and Sunday, I think they need to reel the NFL in. This, even Monday night football, they've got two games on Monday nights in a lot of cases. Yeah. The early and the late game. And that, that to me, I think is just oversaturation. I only give so much of my free time to sit down and watch sports in general. Yeah. And it just it's just way too much time for me to dedicate to something other than you know personal things that I need to get done. So I sure. They're shooting themselves in the foot. But, it, it get, again, it goes back to the mighty dollar. If they can make a buck off of it, they're going to do it. Well, and the throwback jersey, Tony, is another another example of that. I know uh, Coach Bruce, Bruce was in today, and uh, he, he walks into the, uh, my office, our office, and he's got a uh, jacket on. And I walked over, and I said, what, what's that on the jacket? Well, it was a, it was a Maslin jacket because, you know, uh, he was a high school coach at Maslin in Salem, and uh, Matt uh, then stuck his head in the uh, in the room and was talking about this, and he uh, he didn't think too much of it because you know he said it's a uh, it's for high school uh, Friday nights for high school, and uh, you know Saturday, you know it, most of the traditions are out the window, and it's it's because of money. I mean that's 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 the reason it is, and I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that you have to have the money to you know keep your sports programs going but um you know it wasn't that many well it was quite a few years ago 
that, uh, you know, Ohio State, if they had a home game, it was one uh, thirty. And if you wanted to televise it, you'd show up at one thirty and televise it. But they also had some rules then. There wasn't the same money in television at the time. And they didn't, they were concerned about overexposure in those days and that people wouldn't go to the games if they were on television. So the rule was uh, a team like Ohio State could only be on television. I think it was like twice a year, uh, or three times, maybe. I think it was um, three times over two years. Over two years, I think that's what it was. Three I, times it was over something. Two I remember years. three and two was in there. So, by the way, Penn State has now said they're not going to do the Friday night football. Oh, they're they're out too, huh? So Michigan's out. Penn State's out. Will Ohio State have the guts to say they're out? Boy, that's a good question. Or will they go for the money? Will Ohio State be the money grubbers they've shown themselves to be? Or will they say, no, we're not going to do it either? Hmm. And follow the lead of Michigan and Penn State. I wonder how that works, how they divvy that uh, that TV money up. If you don't participate, I wonder if you get cut out of that. Maybe you don't get any of it. Yeah. And apparently Michigan and Penn State are fine with that. Well, good for them. Let's see about Ohio State. Well, we'll find out. Now, coming up, we'll continue... Friday night, Big Ten games, and uh, and two police officers executed in Iowa. It's unbelievable. That's all coming up. News Radio 610 WTVN. Well, I've been talking about the uh, the Big Ten going to a Friday night package, uh, six games a year. And uh, Mike, what's up? Yeah, I just had a couple thoughts. Okay. Um, that they probably didn't think of, or if they did, they uh, found a way, I guess. But what do you do with all the uh, staff and students who paid a parking fee, you know, to get a sticker so they can park? Oh. Um, and they're, you know, at class or at a lab, and I guess they have to plan ahead or pay to park or ride a bus somewhere else You had when they've already paid to park? Well, that's another logistical headache, yeah, because uh... – you know, school's in uh, in session Friday, and uh, the lots and we, you know, we drove by there last Friday, and the lots are their lots are full. I mean, they're they're full of cars with students that you know driving to school. Can you talk about a logistical nightmare? Okay, let's say you send everybody home, you close the school for the last three hours, four hours, or whatever. Then you got all that staff and faculty and students making a a break for it all at one time, right? They're going to get thrown into it, and what will they do with tailgating? I mean, yeah, will they will they take that tradition away? Not I'm a big tailgater, but would they take that tradition away because it's taking student parking and fa- and staff parking uh, at the university? I mean, you know, you're really talking about short shrifting some of these people, and and you know, creating a little bit of a hardship for some because you either lose tailgating yeah. or you lose uh, shutting school down so that everybody can get the heck out of a dodge before the influx of people. And then would you just let them come only two hours before the game then if there's no tailgating? Boy, I don't. uh, Yeah. You've opened a can of worms with that. That's, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. That's going to be a big problem because you, you don't want to, I mean, you're going to close school uh, at noon to get everybody uh, the heck out of the parking lots and and all that stuff. And then, like Johnny was talking about, um, you know, you're trying to get home 
you generally take uh, you know take three fifteen north to try to get home, so you have all those people, and then everybody trying to get to the game and uh, the parking. I I didn't even uh, I didn't even think about that, but that uh, that will be uh, will be a problem. Uh, by the way, the uh, uh, another tragedy uh, with the police. If I was a policeman right now, I I don't know if I'd get out of my car. Authorities in Iowa have captured the suspected gunman in the ambush-style attacks early uh, this morning. They claimed the lives of two police officers who were sitting in their patrol cars. Uh, officers arrested 46-year-old Scott Michael Green without incident in uh, Dallas County, west of Des Moines. Uh, police told Fox News the Iowa State Patrol in Dallas County uh, Sheriff's Department took part in the arrest. He was spotted on foot. Okay, so he kills two police officers, and he was walking on a roadway at the time of his arrest, and he just surrendered to a Department of Natural Resources officer without incident. Okay, he kills two police officers. He's on foot, and he just turns himself into a, a, ODN, or a DNR officer. And he's 46, Scott Michael Green, and he's suspecting the shooting deaths of uh, uh, Urbandale Officer Justin Martin with the force since 2015 and Sergeant Anthony uh, Bemenino, uh, who joined the department in 2005, and uh, Martin is single. Uh, Bemenino was uh, married with children, and police say they were working to determine whether there was more than one gunman. It all appearances looks just like uh, these officers were ambushed. It doesn't look like there was any interaction between these cowards, uh, those cowards and the officers they shot in their cars. So there was just, just boom, went up uh, to them and, and just shot them. Uh, neither officer was identified by officials and are still notifying family members. Uh, shootings appeared to be the latest case of police officers being targeted for assassination in a year that's seen... Um, uh, 111 police officers killed in the line of duty, 50 by gunfire, uh, according to the officer down uh, memorial page. And uh, apparently uh, uh, his 66-year-old mother uh, of the guy who killed the two officers allegedly was arrested two weeks ago, accused of assaulting her son. A, a criminal complaint shows Patricia Green yelled at her son, Michael uh, Scott Michael Green to remove his daughter's service dog from her house. Uh, the complaint says Scott Green was wearing his deceased father's dog tags and that his mother tried to tear them from around his neck. Green grabbed his mother's hand and she hit him in, uh, in the face. So not real stable in that area either, but there's still no excuse. Uh, you know, officers just sitting in their car and boom, 610 WTVN. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, it's kind of a curious story. Global warming could be making winters in eastern North America even longer, according to a t- new study. 
Uh, go figure that one. The study finds that because of uh, sea ice loss in the Arctic, the polar vortex is shifting and temperatures are turning colder during March. Uh, polar vortex, of course, we just heard about that a couple of years ago. Uh, the zone of frigid air that encircles the Arctic and is most pronounced during the winter. Occasionally, it fragments and pieces of it plunge into eastern North America, carrying bitter cold air. The uh, winters of 2013-2014 and 2014-2015 witnessed several such polar vortex disintegrations and resulted in uh, record-setting cold snaps. The uh, study published by uh, Nature Climate Change last week found the vortex has changed position while weakening over the last three decades, the net result has been an increased uh, delivery of cold air to parts of Eurasia and North America, particularly in late winter and early spring. And uh, it's counterintuitive, but when the polar vortex is weak, it's more unstable, likely to break apart and then transport chilled air from the Arctic southward toward the mid-latitudes. And uh, cooler March temperatures due to shifted polar vortex could... Uh, Offset some of the climate warming from uh, rising greenhouse gases, the study says. So, I mean, uh, these studies are all over the board. But uh, the study suggests the vortex can be linked to declining sea ice in the Arctic. And uh, sea ice loss in the region may be responsible for the polar vortex weakening as well, according to um, uh, independently published work by climate researcher Judah Cohen. When the ice melts in this region and leaves behind open water, more autumn snow falls downwind over the Eurasian continent during the fall. Cohen has found enhanced snow cover and promotes atmospheric waves that destabilize and weaken the polar vortex. So, it, so basically what they're saying is global warming is making it colder, though that doesn't really jive uh, too well with me. And we were talked yesterday about uh, how... Uh, publishing business is uh, just getting hammered, you know, newspapers and magazines and a story today. The New York Times reported a 95.7% uh, fall in quarterly profit hit by restructuring charges uh, related to headcount reductions. So the net profit for the newspaper publisher fell to $406,000. Or um, basically break even per share in the third quarter, uh, down from nine point four million or six cents a share a year earlier. So revenue also uh, fell to three hundred sixty three point six million. That's uh, down as well. And uh, the company's struggling to transition to digital and online ad revenues uh, grew twenty one percent. Now account for more than thirty eight percent of its advertising receipts. So. Uh, yeah, newspapers are having a little trouble. We've got traffic and weather. Now, coming up, we've got Game 7 of the World Series tonight in uh, Cleveland. And uh, do you have any uh, sports superstitions? Anything you do to guarantee a win? I mean, baseball is one of the worst. It has to be uh, for these kinds of things. The routines you get in, what you wear and things of that nature. So find out if you have any. Coming up, News Radio 610 WTVN. It is seven minutes after 5 o'clock at 610 WTVN. John Corby with Joe Bradley, and it is the third hour of the big Wednesday hump day radio program. 
And our half-off hump day deal is bar 145. New spot on West 5th Avenue, 21st Century Gastro Pub, specializing in burgers, bands, and bourbon. Uh, entertainment, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday is a great place to watch a ball game. And uh, $30 you can get for 15 right now at 610WTVN.com. World Series Game 7 tonight in Cleveland. They moved it ahead uh, eight minutes. And uh, it's going to start right at 8 o'clock tonight because of the chance of rain. And I was just thinking about um, sports superstitions that you may have as a fan. I know that uh, Bass Brother Chad has a um, Cubs jersey that uh, his wife got him a few years ago. And he's not wearing it today because every single time he's worn that jersey during a Cubs game, they lose. It's been four times now, including last week in a World Series game that he went to in uh, in Cleveland. So I thought we'd talk about uh, just uh, superstitions you may have, things that you may uh, may wear, things you may do during a game that uh, you believe may help the team win. I know that uh, you know ball players and uh, and well, I mean uh, athletes in general and coaches have superstitions i heard a former member of the uh, san francisco 49ers talking about his coach uh george seifert and about his uh idiosyncrasies during the week uh they in order to get to the practice field they had to walk across a uh, turf field that had the 49ers logo on it and uh seifert would never walk across that he would walk straight down the middle of the field when he got to that he would walk around that and then on to the practice facility. He also had a habit uh, every day uh, for a game. Uh, he would um, put his pants on, leave his shirt off, walk around the locker room by all the guys, never say a word to anybody. And uh, they also, when they left, no matter where they were playing, they left uh, San Francisco at 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And they always had the same pilots and the same stewardesses. And those are just some of the things he did. Um, well, Nomar Garcia, well, Sparky Anderson, you, you may recall when Sparky was with the Reds and the uh, um, Tigers, that he wouldn't walk uh, on a, a baseline. He always stepped over uh, the baseline. Wade Boggs ate chicken before every single baseball game that he played. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of baseball players have uh, have these things. The uh, uh, Noar Garcia Parra would uh, kiss his bat and climb the stairs of the dugout one foot at a time before getting to the on-deck circle. He would uh, had a routine that he would do again with his bat, uh, rhythmic uh, fashion. Uh, before he would uh, hit, he would adjust the uh, Velcro on both batting gloves several times in a rhythmic fashion. And according to his brother, he would lose it if you ever touched his hat. Didn't want you to touch his hat. So, uh, you got anything uh, anything going uh, sports wise? Maybe it's for Ohio State game that you do religiously because it's uh, you know, it would be bad luck if you don't, and it would jinx them. Eight two one WTVN. Michael Jordan, when he first joined the NBA in '84. He wore his shorts longer than, than most, and that's because he liked to wear his powder blue North Carolina shorts under his Bulls skivvies. 
And, you know, soon a lot of the NBA players are, you know, wearing the long shorts. Uh, All-pro linebacker Brian Erlacher. Um, he ate two chocolate chip cookies before every game. Just two. And he did that religiously. So if you've got any of those kind of superstitions that, that you go through as a fan, or maybe when you were, uh, were playing sports, you had some. 821-WTVN, 1-800-610-WTVN. Brian, what's up? Hey, happy birthday, John. Hey, thanks, Brian. Uh, I got a couple of quick ones. First of all, can you guys please tie Chad down and put that shirt on him? <laughs> please. Uh, put, put that jersey on, please. Yeah, that um, would uh, that would assure a Cubs uh, loss tonight. <laughs> so you're pulling um, for the Indians, I take it. Right, exactly. Now, um, I have not shaved since the World Series started. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's getting pretty, it looks like Santa Claus now, I think. Um, but as far as playing sports, um, I still play softball. I will not step on the foul line going out to the mound. Yeah. I'm a pitcher, and I clean off the mound with both feet before I start pitching. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, baseball's full of that kind of stuff. It really is. Uh, Richard, what's up? Hey, John, how are you? I'm fine, Richard. Hey, when I was in school at Ohio State back in the mid to late 70s, there were a bunch of people who think the Buckeyes football team was jinxed every time the red light came on the camera. What now? I didn't get that. Well, you know how when, it, when a TV camera is recording the, yeah. the, the game, a right. red light comes on, shows sure. the cameras on. Right. Well, you know they thought that that red light was jinxing, jinxing the Buckeyes. <laughs> I pointed out, you no, know, there, it's, there, it's when Woody has when the game had gone past Woody and there was passing and all things. I tried to point out, you no, know, the only reason they're on TV is because they're playing a good team. Right. And, but, but I swear they that that red light jinxed them. It's just like it's just like when a bunch of people are milling around and they're talking about a riot. And they're just drinking. As soon as that red light goes on, people start throwing bricks and uh, and you know doing stupid things for the camera. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, they they do that all the time. They do. I tell you one that drove me absolutely crazy, and I I've got one of the I, I've got a problem with um, dry things. In my mouth, like if I go to the dentist, they know not to put uh, those uh, cotton absorption things in my. I can't. I can't stand it. And uh, Jerry Tarkanian, um, you know, he was uh, uh, head coach at UNLV forever, and um, he used to suck on a terry cloth towel during the game. And um, he got fed up with having uh, apparently to constantly go to the water fountain. So he he would uh, have the managers wet the towel and he chewed on it to keep his mouth from growing dry. And all I could think about was looking at that and thinking how that would drive me crazy uh, to have to chew on terry cloth. I, I couldn't watch him coach. I, I just absolutely uh, couldn't do it. And um, you have a guy named uh, Steve Klein. He uh, never washed his hat. He was a left-handed uh, specialist reliever for several years at the major league level, and he had a, he had a pretty solid career. And uh, most fans took notice of his uh, sweat-stained hats. He wouldn't wash his hat a single time during the season. And as a result, his uh, dingy hat became a common topic of conversation for the fans. And uh, his hats became such a hot topic that St. Louis Cardinals once held a Steve Klein hat day 
where the first 5,000 fans uh, to the game got their own dirty hat. Their own dirty hat. Mike Bibby used to play basketball in the NBA. He used to pick at his fingernails obsessively, uh, but he must have built up a tolerance since he had to move to nail clippers. And so he he would clip his nails during timeouts so he could uh, work on them while his coach was yelling about something else entirely. Just odd, very odd. Uh, Larry Walker, uh, baseball player, he was right up there with Ken Griffey Jr. And Barry Bonds is one of the best five-tool players in the 90s. Uh, why was he so successful? He thinks it has to do with the number three. He wore the number 33 for his entire career, made sure the phone company gave him a number with as many threes as he could get. He would only wake up at 33 minutes past the hour, and he even got married November 3rd at 3.33 p.m. So, <laughs> I, I and how this stuff starts, I, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea of how some of this stuff gets started. Uh, Richie Ashburn, uh, former Phillies outfielder, uh, when he would have a hot streak at the plate, he would take the bat he was using at the time home with him and sleep with it. And he did this in order to make sure clubhouse attendants didn't mix his bats in with the rest of uh, the so-called inferior ones. And it, it must have worked. He was elected to Cooperstown in 1995. Uh, he was known in circles as Whitey. Was a, he was also a commentator for the Phillies broadcasts after his playing days, and he used to quip that he slept with a lot of old bats, <laughs> probably um, baseball bats and otherwise. 610 WTVN. Well, they're having the world's longest bar crawl, stopping at every pub in the U.K. My God, how long would that take? And uh, I have a trending story. Universities are working to purge male students of their toxic masculinity. I kid you not. 530 News Radio, 610 WTVN. Well, here's another one of those things that we were told was gospel that is not true. Eating an egg a day slashes your stroke risk by 12%, according to a new study, an expert said, it's a myth that eggs are bad for your heart. And we heard that cholesterol. Don't want to eat eggs. Well, the good cholesterol or the bad cholesterol. Well, they've even divided it so they can say, "Well, you well, got." They did. Yeah, you got good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Well, instead, they found the popular food may reduce inflammation that can trigger the disease. Uh, scientists looked at the diet of around three hundred thousand adults, found a daily egg. Cut stroke chances by 12%, although they found no impact on heart disease. The study suggests it uh, reduced the risk by 3%. So the uh, lead researcher said uh, eggs have been do have many positive nutritional attributes, including antioxidants, which have uh, been shown to reduce uh, stress and inflammation. So and Look at the numerous ways you can eat eggs, too. Oh, my. Yeah. Hard-boiled, soft-boiled, fried, scrambled, poached, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, uh, I don't know, it probably includes eating eggs in things. But, uh, you know, I've really kind of, um, with our bass adventures, uh, taken to eggs on a burger. And a lot of places are doing that now. Throw an egg on a burger. I think it's great. Uh, Jim, hi. Oh, okay. Hey, Jim. 
Jim had oh. more important things to do. Yeah, hi, Jim. You doing, my friend? What's up? The big number that you're looking for tonight is 517. My dad told me that years ago who was in Cleveland the last time they won. Yeah. And dad said, look for the number 517, and if you find that, you're always going to win. I went through high school and college, and every time I came up with that number before we won. So today I was driving around town, and it, just like in the movie Focus with Will Smith, yeah, there's 517 all over the place. So Cleveland's going to win, and that's just a guarantee. It's so it's a it's a lock. Where, where have you seen 517? Like where? 517 downtown on signs. Oh, okay. I saw it on the time thing today. 517, you know, in this evening. And uh, if you've seen the movie Focus, then you know how they moved a quarter, half a million dollars from this guy by putting a number out in front of him. You've seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, you'll know it. So 517 is the number, and that says Cleveland's going to win it, okay? So that's a lead pipe cinch from Jim. He sees 517 everywhere today, and that's good. By the way, today in history. Got so is he predicting that somebody is going to win the World Series? He's Indians. Okay. Uh, he got it from his dad, who, who may have you know been there. I, well, the I, lead pipe cinch is someone is going to win the World Series. Oh, well, someone is going to so, win the well, World unless Series. Unless they don't play the game. It's over tonight. Unless they screw up that forecast and the rain gets there a lot earlier than eight minutes after it ends. Well, that, that's... Uh, How about not, that? Why not move it up an hour? Just be sure you're going to get the thing in. I mean, really screw everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on this date in 1865, uh, 29th president of the United States, Warren Harding. Warren G. Harding was born near Marion, uh, 1947. Howard Hughes piloted his huge wooden flying boat. Which Warren G. Harding turned into a bathtub later. Right, and got stuck in it. Because he was a big, fat guy. A, yeah. uh, Hughes H-4 Hercules, people called it the Spruce Goose, which he hated, uh, and took it on its only flight, which lasted about a minute over Long Beach Harbor. I and why he hated it being called the Spruce Goose. I don't know. I made out of spruce wood? Well, it was made out of wood. Was it spruce? If it was spruce wood, it was a perfect name for yeah, it. It would be. Kind of a goofy name, but. 1976, former uh, Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter became the first candidate from the Deep South since the Civil War to that be worked elected out well. president, and uh, he defeated incumbent Gerald R. Ford. That so. worked out really well. Yeah, that's thanks to him. Haven't gone back to the Deep South again. Well, Arkansas, I guess. Yeah. I don't even count as it. Even the Deep South won't claim Arkansas. Well, I, Arkansas is kind of nobody claims Mississippi's Arkansas. Mississippi's down there. We can't read, but we don't want Arkansas, damn right. it. Yeah, thanks to Jimmy Carter, my first uh, home mortgage was a little over 13%. Nice. You can't get 13% interest in anything today. No. Not even a loan. No. Maybe on a credit card that you skip payments on. Well, possibly. Miss a payment to jack it up for you, but other than that. Other than that, uh, no. Yeah, you so. can pay 13%. You're just not going to get 13%. That was an interesting period under under Jimmy Carter. I remember. CDs were great. If you yeah. had a CD. Oh, my parents loved all Carter. Kinds of they loved Carter. Making all kinds of they money. They were big savers, and, you know, they're looking at CD rates now, and, you know, they've been retired for a while, but, it's, you know, a half a percent. And, well, a half. Where do you see half a percent? Yeah, they're getting a hell of a deal if they get yeah. a half a and percent. People are putting ads in the paper. We're paying a whopping quarter of a percent. Yeah. And they're, paying, they're spending money to advertise that. Are you kidding me? Well, they actually, in uh, Europe, and I don't know if they've done this yet or not. I don't think they have, but they so we were talking negative interest rates. So you put money in the bank and they pay take, them to hold it for you. Pay them to hold it for you. Yeah, no, it'll go in a pillowcase before that. Right. 
Right. I mean, yeah, the banks might screw you left and right, fee here, fee there, but I'm not paying them to hold my money. Uh, that would be... Although you probably are, ultimately. Well, ultimately, Ultimately, yeah. you're paying them somehow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're making money. Traffic and weather, every... Well, here's another bad idea. Scavenger robots that eats living organisms. So not only are they going to be smarter than us... They're going to eat us. They're going to be capable of eating us. Yeah, who came up with that brilliant idea? I mean, I I guess in limited circumstances, and if they're really small and we can step on them, that's fine. But once they get bigger, we got problems. Well, they've uh, developed a soft robot capable of consuming organic material for energy, Mm. effectively creating a machine that digests living things. And the hope is such self-sustaining robo-scavengers could be used to mop up contaminated water or algal blooms, which uh, choke out other life. Why don't we just put hogs in the water and let the, they'll eat anything? Well, they will eat anything. I mean, just just take them up to Grand Lake St. Mary's and let a bunch of hogs loose, put life preservers on them so they don't drown, <laughs> and they'll just eat all the algae. Well, this was developed by a team of engineers based in Bristol. The uh, machine is able to gain the energy it needs to keep a, alive. From its watery surrounding, uh, according to new scientists, the uh, design imitates basic marine creatures called salps, simple, transparent, tube-like creatures which filter the water for living scraps. They use a soft polymer membrane as a mouth. The machine filters its aquatic surroundings, a water bath with added uh, biomatter to gain the energy it needs. And unlike the stomach or digestive tract of living organisms, the mechanical imitator relies on a microbial fuel cell packed with bacteria which break down organic matter. And they uh, break, uh, these microbes break, uh, liberate the chemical energy stored in the biomatter, which is transferred into electrical energy the robot can use. So uh, once the matter is used up, it's excreted out the other end, and the robot moves on. So it's a crap-eating perpetual energy machine. Yeah, it's pretty much. I mean, that's ingenious right there. Yeah. They're eating garbage, and it fuels itself forever. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of people I know. Just keep on eating. Um, once more, the team was able to link multiple fuel cells in a uh, series to boost energy output. And, you know, they won't need to get the balance right. Uh, so, so such soft robots can eke out a living with relatively little food. So it could be pretty much self-sustaining. So it's a perpetual motion machine. As long as its mouth is not big enough to eat a human, I'm uh, well, not necessarily against Yeah. Like people getting ed up by the rats from the toes up. Yep. At least it takes a while. You got a chance you can hobble away. Apparently it looks like a tiny octopus designed to mimic the slithery creature to get through cracks and tight places, uh, making it uh, ideal as a rescue robot, mm. as long as it doesn't try to eat the victim coming soon to a bathroom drain near you team at harvard uh, created uh, the robot actually about 300 of them since they're so cheap to make and the idea is to you know something like this is powered by chemical reaction in fluids fluid movement moves the arms and directs the uh, robot's action so now not only is ai going to be smarter than us can now eat us Probably not the best policy. Well, some mathematicians took them two years, and they figured out the um, best way 
to uh, do a pub crawl in Great Britain and hit all 24,700 pubs. They found the shortest distance between them and navigating back to your starting point as fast as you can. And you're looking at an impossibility, or at least it looks like it until very recently. But thanks to these mathematicians from Canada, the U.S., Chile, and... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Denmark, the shortest distance between 24,727 pubs listed on the UK's Pubs Galore website has been routed on Google Maps. It took them two years. It's a 28,269-mile Pub crawl. It begins with the Green Shutters in Portland and ended with the Rodwell in Weymouth. Uh, they're about four miles apart. And according to the results, the greatest distance between pubs, pubs is from uh, Sango Sands Oasis in Durness to Bells Out and Ben Pub in Shetland. It's 270 miles. It'll take you 50 hours and two ferry rides. But the average distance between uh, the pubs is generally under an hour, which means you'll never have to go too long without a pint. Yeah, hell of a vacation, wouldn't it? I it, can't tell if that's the greatest use of two years in the world or the biggest waste of two years in the world. Uh, as long as it was a hobby. and uh, Because I don't think there's anyone that's actually going to make use of that. Probably not. Oh, somebody will try. Well, somebody will try. Try to get in the Guinness Book. It's 558. Got some election stuff that we haven't gotten to today, and that's coming up. News Radio, 610 WTVN. It is eight minutes after six o'clock at 610 WTVN. John Corby with Joe Bradley, and it is the fourth and final hour of the big Wednesday Hump Day show. And our half off Hump Day deal, bar 145 on West Fifth Avenue. They've got live. DJs and bands, and uh, lots of TVs to watch sports, full patio with uh, TVs, and uh, 15 will get you 30 at 610WTVN.com. Well, in the betting markets, at least, Don Trump is crushing Hillary Clinton. And you can't bet on elections in this country, but in England, you bet on everything. And on Monday and Tuesday, the Republican candidate outshone his rival in terms of both the number and volume of wagers, according to figures from Ireland's uh, bookmaker, Patty Power Betfair. And uh, they tweeted Tuesday evening that uh, just shy of 100,000 euros in bets came in with 91% of that on Trump. Uh, This election's been... uh, A serious betting anomaly, said the uh, spokesman for the company, confirming that data in uh, a phone call. And even before October 28th, when FBI Director Jack uh, Comey announced the discovery of uh, new emails potentially related to the probe that has troubled Clinton campaign, uh, money placed on uh, Trump victory amounted to almost the same as that bet on his rival, despite her lead in opinion polls. 
And uh, the U.K.'s June referendum, Brexit, uh, bruised professional pollsters by dealing an unexpected blow to the status quo. Uh, Yet another lesson that uh, vote is uh, that betting flows are not a foolproof indication. Uh, Bookies reporting a surge in bets that the U.K. electorate would choose to remain in the European Union on the morning of the vote. Uh, Next day, the leave camp, of course, emerged uh, ahead and... uh, Still, bookmakers' data appears to be echoing moves in the financial markets. Mexican peso, Credit Suisse, uh, AG's ultimate market indicated weakening uh, more than 3% since Comey's uh, letter and Trump's improving uh, prospects jolt the currency. And the probability of a Trump victory implied by offshore bookmakers, odds are now at 28.5%. And that's roughly the same as flipping a coin and getting heads twice in a row and matches estimates by professional polling analysts. So uh, Patty Power, which reports third quarter earnings uh, Friday, stakes uh, are higher than most. The company announced it would start paying out on a Clinton victory in mid-October. Initially uh, uh, said that a Trump presidency was 100 to 1. So that's... That's changed a little bit, and uh, they're betting betting heavy on Trump over in uh, Great Britain. Well, we talked yesterday about our governor uh, voting, writing in John McCain uh, for president, which was, uh, of course, wasted vote because you don't. It doesn't count. Well, former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum, who sought the Republican presidential nomination in both 2012 and 2016 unloaded on Ohio Governor John Kasich and other GOP primary candidates who refused to back the nominee, Donald Trump. Uh, Santorum went on a rant after being asked about what he thought of uh, Trump's character, particularly after the leaked 2005 tape from uh, mid-October showed uh, the Manhattan billionaire boasting of being able to make sexual advances on women. After uh, knocking Kasich and House Speaker Paul Ryan for how they're conducting themselves this general election cycle, he honed in on the Ohio governor on Monday. Kasich said he'd cast a write-in ballot for president, voting for Senator John McCain. I want to say to John Kasich, if you're watching, John, you signed a pledge. You signed a pledge saying you would support the Republican nominee for president. You signed a pledge to get on the ballot in South Carolina. You promised that you would follow through with that, and you knew that Donald Trump had a chance because he was leading the polls at the time of our to be our nominee, and you signed it anyway. And you lied anyway. Yep. Lied, lied, lied. Santorin said Kasich's voting decision should, frankly, not be paid attention to because he can't keep his word. And uh, it's kind of harsh from a fellow Republican. Well, I mean, it's a politician saying another politician is a liar. Yeah. I mean, it's true. But, uh, I mean, you know, uh, whoopee. Yeah. Kasich, when's, when's that hurt a politician being a liar? And he says, John, you're better than that. John was a dear friend in Congress, and I know John's better than that. Jeb Bush, I would say the same thing to you. You signed a pledge. I would uh, say the same thing to other candidates who have not stepped forward. And I'm saying I'm going to support Donald Trump. And the uh, Pennsylvania Republican insinuated that candidates who believe Trump's character is beneath the dignity of the presidency. Don't have any room to talk because they're abandoning the pledge to support him. I'm going to tell your kids and grandkids that you signed a pledge to run for president and backed away from it. Shame on them. So, Santorin, that was on uh, 
uh, I believe, CNN, where he It's refreshing he to hear somebody say something like that. You hear so little of that. Well, and they did sign. I mean, you know, and then... If you thought you weren't going to be able to support the person, don't sign it. Right. Just say, no, I, I won't. Right. But then that would have harmed, you know, kept you from maybe getting on a ballot somewhere. Right. Fulfilling your own selfish needs. And so, I mean, that's why you do it. You, you lie to get what you want. Well, and then George P. Bush, uh, Tuesday, said that his uncle, former President George W. Bush, may join his grandfather, George H.W. Bush, in casting ballots for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. You notice neither one of them has actually said that. No. It's always somebody else coming up with this. Well, the Texas Land Commissioner made the comments while addressing a small Republican rally in San Marcos, Texas, Last night, saying that both former presidents and the family uh, may potentially vote for the Democratic presidential ticket come Election Day, asked to clarify his comments by the AP. He said that he just was speculating. Oh, okay. And he couldn't say with certainty how they'd vote. So, in other words, he doesn't know, but because he said that. Yes. Then if he just said they were going to vote for Trump, we wouldn't have heard about it. Probably not. Exactly. Uh, Politico reported in September that George H.W. Bush plans to vote for Clinton over Trump on November 8th, according to a member of another prominent political family, (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy Townsend. And then, of course, Um, that was immediately followed up by a a comment from his spokesperson who said he has not stated how he's going to vote. Right. It's a private thing. Yes. And uh, speaking at a North Carolina rally last Wednesday, Trump said of Clinton, uh, here's a woman. She makes a speech for 15 minutes, goes home, goes to bed. Honestly, she has less energy than Jeb Bush. I mean it. I mean it. So there you <laughs> that go. was a rip on Jeb Bush. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Low energy, campaign. low energy guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and apparently, uh, the uh, uh, Democrats, the media, and the Never Trump have national panic attack. That's the headline on this. Stunned by the FBI bombshell, pundits and Clinton allies whip up a new red scare. So that's the newest thing. James Carville. Oh, yeah. He just, when did he just, he suddenly surfaced about a week ago. Yeah, he? he just turned into an exploding pumpkin on CNN. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in months. I haven't seen him in, I haven't personally seen him in years. And then boom, there he is. And, you know, Harry Reid's threatening the FBI director with a violation yeah. of the 1939 Hatch Act. And, Go ahead. And then there's a new one. The uh, There's a new red scare suggesting that Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump is a Manchurian candidate Whoa. a tool of the KGB? Well, there you go. Well, I thought the FBI just said that there's no Russian involvement here. No, that's not what the the Democrats are saying gotcha. now. Is they? Well, the FBI is not to be trusted now. National panic attack because the FBI might be, you know, bringing out the bad news about Hillary. So the FBI is obviously in on it, right? Apparently, yeah. yeah now they're all of a sudden crooked. And on Tuesday morning, CBS uh, morning host uh, Gail King asked why the FBI wasn't working at Trump's alleged ties to Russia. Just minutes earlier, CBS News reporter Nora O'Donnell cited the New York Times article stating there were no Trump ties to Russia per the FBI. So they still went back to that, even though the Times had already reported that, you know, and they would have loved to have reported different. You know they would have. But they didn't. They did not. And then there's Geraldo Rivera, the old Clinton hatchet man from the 90s. A commentator went ballistic on Monday when he suggested Clinton's email scandal was dumb and harmless. He called the Clinton email issue a GOP plot. 
So now the FBI, I guess, is in on yeah, they're they're their out plot to get, out to get her, out to get her, yeah, per, pretty much. And uh, yeah, James Carville went into his one of his full meltdowns. That guy, he looks like a cartoon character. He is entertaining. He it's is entertaining, entertaining. To, to watch him. Yeah, he is. You know, if, he if just all, gets all crazy. If he was just on YouTube, it would be more entertaining. But you know how he keeps getting on high profile programs. Although he'd get more viewers on YouTube, most likely, probably yes, than on any network shows. I would imagine in this day and age. Well, what do we have coming up? We've got uh, entertainment news, of course, and universities working to purge male students of their toxic, toxic masculinity. Oh, the humanity. It's coming up. News Radio 610 WTVN. Are the home stretch of the big Wednesday hump day radio program. And uh, universities across the nation are taking steps to actively purge. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Male students of what's been labeled toxic masculinity. Yeah, that's just what we need to do. Examples abound of campus hosting... Uh, Training sessions, group meetings, lectures, and other programs to effectively cleanse what many campus leaders and left-wing scholars contend is an unhealthy masculinity in young men today. On campus, toxic masculinity is often blamed for sexual violence, body shaming, a hyper-masculinized sporting culture, acts of domestic terrorism, and more. So, so okay. we'll turn all men into wussies. Yes. And none of that will ever happen. No. Wrong. This is the same this is the same argument that anti-gun people have used. Right. If we if we could just get rid of it, we could regulate all the guns. Well, you know what? The people that do bad things with them don't give a damn about your rules. No. And the people that do bad things on campuses or in office buildings or shopping malls don't give a damn about your rules either, no matter what you do. Well, there's a class at Dartmouth College this semester, uh, semester, the Orlando Syllabus, identifies so-called toxic masculinity as playing a role in the mass murder spree at a Florida club during the summer. Well, that's what it was. Yeah, I thought that was terrorism. I think it was, too. (laughs) These people must be in cahoots with the people that don't want to say Islamic terrorism. Yeah, this despite the fact the gunman, Omar Mateen, told police... uh, on the phone, he committed yeah. the massacre. Uh, on he did a tape, it, on did a recorded it on call. behalf of ISIS. Yeah, and recorded call. Other su- uh, instances of combating toxic masculinity on campus can be found at both the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill and Duke, which launched programs specifically designed for male students to delve into violent masculinity and healthier hmm. masculinity and discuss issues like gender fluidity. Maybe they should look into uh, you know toxic feminine lying. You know, if you remember in Duke, they had the lacrosse team oh, yeah. members that were 
wrongly accused of a crime that wasn't committed. Yeah, they took we, their season, to, their yeah, coach, everything. We need to look into that. Um, Duke started a similar program this semester for male students to reflect on topics such as patriarchy, male privilege, rape culture, pornography, <laughs> machismo, and the language of dominance. <sighs> yeah, you know, I want to spend fifty grand for my kid to go to school and take classes like that. Yeah. At a mandatory freshman orientation uh, training at the Gettysburg College in August, male students had to watch a documentary which stated in part that uh, the three most destructive words a boy can hear growing up is be a man. The, uh, really? Yeah. Is the, that right? The freshmen also went through breakout sessions in which they were told mass shooting sprees are rooted in toxic masculinity. Oh, God, really? They're, tr- they're tying this to murder? Yes. yes. It's murder. Uh-huh. Wow. The uh, Thrive Club, part of the Claremont College's consortium, which meets as a safe space to uh, talk about mental health. Where's that, our safe space in this building, by the way? Because if I need it, how do I find it? Is it the lactation room? Are you I, allowed I in there? I don't think that's safe. I, there are people from other departments that have been in there making it unsafe. Well, you're right. Yeah. So I don't feel safe. I need to know where my safe space is. If I need it, I can't. I won't be in any condition to ask where it is. No. We're gonna need a sign. Well, we do need a sign. We need a sign. And uh, I don't don't know where we would even even put. Uh, well, maybe it's in the. Uh, it needs to be in the handbook. A closet or or something. It needs to be in the handbook. Well, it, no, it's not in the handbook. I don't think. Well, that seems rather un- insensitive in 2016 that our we don't have a designated safe space. Mm-hmm. What if we need it? Uh, yeah, you're right. What if we need it? I mean, some of the people that call here are not very friendly. No, they're not. They need to go to my safe space. Oh, let's see. Uh, By the way, in uh, Saudi Arabia, one of the... uh, Well, that's not a good safe space for women. Well, not for royalty either, apparently. The unnamed prince was uh, lashed along with other convicts in a prison area. In the Red Sea city of Jeddah on Monday, it said the prince had been sentenced to flogging. And jail, without specifying the charges, it was unclear how many lashes he received. Last month, Saudi authorities executed a prince in a highly unusual case involving one of the thousands of members of the royal family. He was condemned to death for shooting a man dead uh, Hmm. during a brawl. I'll give them credit for one thing. Uh, While I don't agree with uh, many of the ways they treat people and their human rights uh, records, but... At least if you're in Saudi Arabia, even if you're a member of the royal family, if you screw up, you get punished. Well, Unlike yeah. here, where you just go on TV and lie about it and nothing happens to you. Most people uh, put to death in Saudi Arabia are beheaded with a sword. Uh, Saudi Arabia is one of the world's most prolific executioners. They have strict Islamic code under which uh, murder, drug trafficking, armed robbery, rape, and are all punishable by death. And rights groups have also raised concerns about flogging sentences including those handed to uh, Saudi rights activists uh, convicted of insulting Islam and a Palestinian poet convicted of apostasy, um, arrested in 2012. Uh, he's serving a 10-year jail sentence and has received 50 lashes of his 1,000-lash sentence that caused in uh, international outrage. Yeah, 1,000 lashes. Only we'll do it over time. We'll take our time and, and uh, give you 50 at a time. And uh, Arion Corp., uh, which is backed by Texas billionaire Robert Bass, has uh, hit a snag in one of the most crucial milestones. What they're trying to do is build the first business jet able to fly faster than the speed of sound. 
and the selection of an engine supplier for the plane, which Bass once said would occur in the first half of this year, is now expected to come in 2017, said Jeff Miller, a spokesman for the Nevada-based company. Arion is making good progress. Miller said, we're taking the time to get the best decision for all parties. Falling uh, short of the engine goal underscores the difficulty of the challenge. The aircraft, now known as the AS-2, would be the first supersonic civilian plane since Concorde flights were halted in 2003, and their efforts gained momentum when uh, Airbus agreed in 2014 to help design and produce the plane, and a fractional jet ownership company last year ordered 20. So these would be business jets that fly uh, the uh, past the speed of sound. They uh, considered two dozen engines from various manufacturers, including uh, civil and military aircraft, and uh, supersonic travel isn't allowed over the U.S. and many other countries because of disruption from sonic booms, which occur... When a craft exceeds the speed of sound, Arion plans to operate just below supersonic levels over land and increase velocity over the ocean to one and a half times the speed of sound. And the initial purchaser, FlexJet, the fractional aircraft operator, announced uh, an order for 20 uh, last year's business aviation conference and uh, wasn't privy to the engine negotiations. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And it looks kind of like the Concorde, actually. You know, really thin, and um, it would be great to be going the uh, speed of sound again, wouldn't it? Well, when Lindsay Lohan opened her nightclub in Greece last month, she opened her mouth to speak to the press about the venture and unleashed a brand-new, unidentifiable accent. Oh, great. Yeah. Maybe she got hit in the head. She uh, used the seeming mix of Russian, British, Turkish with a dose of Long Island accent. Mm. to explain how she plans to expand the club to a business and also incorporate spas and uh, refugee camps. Maybe she got that from the time she spent on the island of whore. That could be. But most of the outlets that published the clip of her chatting with reporters had trouble focusing on what she was actually saying since her bizarre uh, had that bizarre accent. Uh, the Daily Mail checked with Lindsay, who's been living in Europe in recent years, meeting with Syrian refugees in recent weeks about why her way of speaking has changed so dramatically. At first, she didn't know the answer, tossing off a French je ne sais pas before giving uh, the mail some more background. She said, it's a mixture of most of the languages I can understand or I'm trying to learn. I've been learning different languages since I was a child. I'm fluent in English and French, can understand Russian and I'm learning Turkish, Italian, and Arabic. And ask... Why don't if you just she, figure out how to function well in one language? Yeah. Ask if she was shocked by the reaction to her new accent. She said, nothing really shocks me these days. I moved to London four years ago, and the taxes seem to be getting higher. So whatever that has to do with anything, <laughs> she'll have to answer that. Well, uh, Val Kilmer took to Facebook yesterday to refute Michael Douglas' recent comments that he was diagnosed with cancer. He said, I love Michael Douglas, but he's misinformed. The 56-year-old star wrote in a lengthy post, the last time I spoke to him was almost two years ago when I asked him for a referral for a specialist to get a diagnosis for a lump in my throat. I ended up using a team at UCLA and have no cancer whatsoever. Still have a swollen tongue and am rehabbing steadily. 
And uh, during a Q&A with Jonathan Ross, uh, Douglas told the crowd that Kilmer had been diagnosed with tongue cancer, just like he had been in 2010. He said, Val's a wonderful guy who's dealing with exactly what I had, and things don't look good for him. My prayers are with him. That's why you haven't heard too much from Val lately. And Val said that's uh, wrong. He denies having cancer. He also said he harbors no ill will. Toward uh, Douglas, writing whatever led Michael Douglas to speculate about my health. He's a loving, devoted friend, a privileged group of uh, talent people around the world, and I'm uh, sure he meant no harm. So you know, when you're fighting about people's health, it just really, yeah. what do you do? just shut up? Yeah, I don't know where yes, you really. know. And well, he says he doesn't. He doesn't look good, but I mean, you know, a lot of that going around Hollywood these days. And uh, Gawker has finally settled with uh, Hulk Hogan. And they were supposed to, of course, he obtained a $140 million judgment against the site over a leaked safe uh, sex tape, but they ended up settling for $31 million. And uh, it's since been shuttered, and Hogan's judgment forced Gawker uh, into bankruptcy in June. Its sister websites were acquired by media company Univision Holdings. And so uh, the Hulkster end up with uh, thirty-one million instead of one hundred forty million, but I guess that's that's better than nothing, which is um, you know they didn't have the hundred and forty. And Mel Gibson laid in the grass with uh, Stephen Colbert on Tuesday's Late Show for a hilarious new Big Questions with even bigger stars segment. Uh, hey Mel, when you look back at your life, do you have any regrets? And Gibson said, No, no, not one. Because they tend to come in clusters, <laughs> which uh, with Mel Gibson, uh, they have. Hey, have a nice evening. Enjoy the World Series. Talk to you tomorrow. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.